1: Let's try it. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Future Brew. I am Vaughn Lozon, site manager of maizeandbrew.com, and my partner across the interwebs today is Mazin Brew recruiting contributor John Simmons. John, how you doing, man?
0: I'm good, Vaughn. Living the dream here.
1: Yeah, truly living the dream, just having some technical difficulties before we started recording this week. And I apologize, John, I appreciate you sitting through all of that. No problem. Uh, uh, always something going on. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, but no, it, it was an insane weekend of NFL football. Um, if you guys watch the NFL, I, I had uh, all four games on the TV this weekend. It was just incredible. John, you and I were talking just briefly. Before we started um, this podcast about the the Bills and and uh, Chiefs game and how the coin toss, it was pretty much just game over after that. Just it, insane stuff. Um, it, it really just it, that's that kind of stuff really gets me amped for the college season again. Like it's only January twenty fourth as of today. I'm already ready for the uh, opening kickoff at Michigan Stadium in September. Uh, But lots to do in between now and then. Uh, Let's just get right into what we talk about here on the podcast. And that is Michigan football recruiting. And Michigan hosted several recruits a couple weekends ago for their first big recruiting event of the calendar year. Now they are reportedly set to host at least a couple more this upcoming weekend. So let's talk a bit more about these two guys that we'll talk about today. Let's start. With a four-star defensive lineman in the 2023 class. His name is Eno Etta. Very interesting name there. Uh listed at 6'4, 235. He's from Colleyville, Texas, is ranked number 157 overall on the composite, number 13 edge, and number 19 in the state of Texas. He was the first player that new defensive line coach, Mike Elston offered a scholarship to, uh, he did that just this past week. So Etta making it a quick priority to check out Ann Arbor up close after getting that offer. He will also be visiting Michigan state this upcoming weekend. So he's certainly killing two birds with one stone, making a trip to the state of Michigan, doing that. The Spartans are among the top competition for Michigan in this recruitment as are schools like Wisconsin, Florida State, Stanford, Oklahoma State, TCU, Washington, several more uh, top tier programs have offered him scholarships. He absolutely killed it his junior season on the gridiron. Had 124 total tackles, 41 tackles for loss, 22 and a half sacks, three pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, and one fumble returned for a touchdown. John, uh, this recruitment seems pretty wide open to me right now, but I would imagine that being the very first offer that Elston sends out, being to Eno Etta, I would imagine that the Wolverines are pretty high on his potential right now. And hopefully the fact that Elston offered him a scholarship and he was the first one to receive a scholarship while he is the defensive line coach at Michigan. hopefully that's meaningful and resonates with him as well, and would certainly go a long way, especially if Michigan State is a legit contender here, which it looks like they are John
0: yeah, I definitely think that being uh, elson's first offer will carry a lot of weight with him, and I think it indicates you know a strong level of interest that he's already reciprocating by uh, scheduling this visit not soon after um i think you know listing off those schools that uh are you know in his top group right now you can kind of see that he's not uh really uh you know prone to sticking to texas or the south or anything like that um you know he's interested interested in schools all across the country so leaving home shouldn't be too much of a problem um so i think he Uh, is, would definitely be open to coming to Michigan and I, and, uh, getting guys on campus is, uh, always a huge win for the Wolverines. So I think they'll only, uh, further stake their claim here in the, uh, in his recruitment.
1: Yeah. Getting that Michigan offer kind of seems like an excuse to visit Michigan, the state of Michigan, I should say to go to U of M and then visit Michigan state as well during the same weekend, very much a two birds, one stone situation there. Michigan State was already recruiting him pretty hard before he got that Michigan offer. So it's not like he's coming to the state of Michigan and then, oh, might as well go to East Lansing while we're here. No, Michigan State really seems like they're a true threat in this recruitment here. So we'll certainly see how that ends up playing a factor here. Yeah, certainly I agree with you. It doesn't really seem like sticking in the state of Texas is on the itinerary for him, or at least not right now with the schools that are on his top list. And the schools that have been recruiting him, I mean, like you said, all over the country, schools are going after him. And he's a highly talented player. Um, There's a reason for that. Number 13 player at the edge position, and certainly one of the more coveted positions that uh, programs go for in every single recruiting cycle, which I want to talk to you very briefly, John, about that as well, because there are a ton of guys on the board along the defensive line for Michigan in this 23 class. And I don't know about you. I don't know how often, John, you go and sort through the targets and and the players who have been offered scholarships and everything like that. But for me personally, looking through all of this, it's kind of hard to sort everyone out at this point. I would imagine that the 1A, 1B of defensive linemen are a couple five stars, Keon Keeley, who's still committed to Notre Dame, and Nicholas Harbour, who is just an insane freak athlete who can play defensive end, wide receiver. He can pretty much do it all. I would imagine that's probably like 1A, 1B on not only Michigan's list of defensive linemen, but probably a lot of program's list for defensive linemen in this class. After that, kind of a crapshoot. Uh, I don't know how you feel about all of this, but I would say that Edda has to be somewhere close to the top um, of that list for Michigan, just because Elston made it a, a priority to offer him first. And now they are taking in his visit. Uh, this obviously being an unofficial visit for him. So paying out of his own pocket to come to Ann Arbor and check everything out up close. But like I said, I would imagine Edda's is probably somewhere close to the top. Where do you think the ranking list um, is right now for defensive linemen in this class? Where do you think he specifically is at as well?
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely near the top. Um, there's going to be some sorting out um, after Elson's been hired, just kind of reconciling you know, his personal list, the guys he liked the most and um, the guys the rest of the Michigan staff likes. So um, that'll probably take some time to get some real clarity on it. But from what um, we've heard, I think, uh, Keon Keeley is definitely like a full, uh, head above the rest of the guys that Michigan really likes. And I think, um, you know, getting his coach where at the school he's co- currently committed to is, you know, obviously going to be a huge help there. Um, so we'll see, uh, how that one plays out. I think they're doing a good job with Jaden Wayne, who, uh, the five-star from Washington, um, along with. Uh, Jason Moore, the high four-star from Matha, or two other names um, that weren't even mentioned. Um, so I think those are also going to be uh, top targets for Michigan moving forward here. Um, they're both listed as defensive linemen, but I think they'll play edge in college. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. But I think there's going uh, gonna to be a whole boatload of guys that they're going after. And, and, you know, just when they've been out recruiting this past week, you know, they're hitting out offers left and right. And a lot of them have been to defensive linemen. So they're definitely expanding their board there.
1: Yeah. This cycle's defensive lineman could be this pass, excuse me, pass cycles, cornerback slash safety, just defensive back. I feel like they really have a chance to capitalize on a lot of guys. So we'll certainly see how it plays out. <clears throat> Let's move on to the second visitor reportedly for this upcoming weekend that is four star in the 23 class four star cornerback christian gray and he stands six feet tall is 175 pounds from st louis missouri ranked number 145 overall number 15 at the cornerback position number four in his home state of missouri Now, I was trying to look, John, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think he has an offer for Michigan up to this point, at least publicly announced. I was looking on his uh, 24-7 profile, looked on his Twitter earlier today. Doesn't really look like he has a Michigan offer, but should probably be in the running for one very soon, just given that he is uh, as highly ranked as he is at number 145 overall. He does, however, have offers from the likes of Ohio State, Notre Dame, USC, LSU, Oklahoma, just tons of really good programs going after him. Four Crystal Balls are in right now for the Fighting Irish at this point. Uh, It sounds like he's also going to be visiting Notre Dame this weekend along with Michigan. So a a little mini Midwest tour of sorts for him. Um, John, I'm kind of surprised that he's visiting Ann Arbor, if I'm being honest, because nothing's really been said about him and Michigan up to this point. It really seems like. Notre Dame holds the lead in this recruitment with those four crystal balls in their favor, but he is among the top players at his position in this class and clearly holds interest uh, in Michigan or uh, vice versa there. It seems like he's at the very least a little interested in Michigan if he's coming to visit Ann Arbor. So if he wants to check it out and give the Wolverines a shot, I, I wouldn't say no to that whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get him on campus. I agree that he seems like a strong Notre Dame lean right now, so you just kind of got to hope that he leaves uh, South Bend without committing. Um, I don't know what his decision timeline is or anything, but uh, Michigan's shooting their shot here. Um, I think their quarterback board is uh, kind of the opposite of the defensive line board right now. I'm looking at their offers, and it doesn't seem like there's a ton of guys that – they, they really have, a, I think, a strong chance with right now, which, you know, you can kind of expect that to happen when you have such a big and a talented class as uh, 2022. So um, it'll probably be a little bit lighter, but I think, you know, landing a guy like Gray would be awesome. Um, I think I've thought for a while Michigan should recruit the state of Missouri a little bit harder. I think they could do well there, and there's a lot of talent. So uh, getting him would be a good step in that direction.
1: Yeah, I actually agree. I I think the state of Missouri is like the hidden gold mine for football talent. Obviously, Michigan has found success there in the past. um, And uh, obviously, for a kid to be as highly ranked as he is already, um, I'm not quite sure why they haven't offered him up to this point. But perhaps he will get an offer either this weekend or or even before the visit, who knows? We'll certainly see what happens there. But if things don't work out with Christian Gray, um, I I think Michigan's still in a decent spot with a lot of the top cornerbacks in this class, which is kind of weird to say, because Cormani McClain, for example, he's the top overall corner in this class. U of M's really working him right now, and seems like they're doing a pretty decent job with him. I wouldn't say Michigan leads by any uh, means but uh, still at least shooting their shot there. Jaleel Hurley, he's another top cornerback in this class. He's a five-star. Michigan's making him a really big priority. He was actually set to announce his commitment last weekend, ended up delaying that, and it looked like he was going to commit to Alabama if he stuck to that decision timeline, but now the Wolverines at least have some time to make up some ground in that recruitment, and I would venture to say that they sit in at least a decent spot with a Caleb Presley, who's a four-star uh, cornerback in this class. So pretty much what I'm trying to get at, John, my point here being Michigan can be kind of selective with the cornerbacks in this class because of that haul that they got in the 22 class. And I think they're really approaching it the correct way going for some of the top overall guys at the position in the class. And if they swing and miss, at least they tried. I I think the approach that they're doing and Steve Klinkscale is a good enough recruiter to go out and potentially win a recruitment or two uh, for a top cornerback in this class. I I say, go for it. I kind of like the way they're being aggressive with some of these top guys, even though it's, you know, could be perceived that they don't really stand a chance with a lot of them because it's either, you know, they're in the South or they've got other top schools going for them, whatever the case may be. I kind of like the way that they're approaching this. What do you think, John?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, they definitely should shoot for the moon here with uh, all the talent they got last year. And I think it's just kind of tough because, you know, like you mentioned there, a lot of the top guys are concentrated in the South, like the two, three and four overall cornerbacks are all in Alabama and you know just you don't expect Michigan to beat a five-star from Alabama you know uh to beat other schools four or five-star from Alabama just you know with the Crimson Tide right there Georgia all the SEC schools lurking so um, you know I'm just kind of pessimistic on uh, their chances with some of those top guys but you know then there's guys like Jair Hill who could play quarterback or safety that's listed as an athlete you know he's only a high three-star guy but The staff really loves him. I agree that Caleb Presley is probably uh, Michigan's best shot at a top 100, you know, big time four star type guy there. So there's definitely options. I just don't think um, it's going to be as big of a class as uh, this year, certainly.
1: No, definitely not. I I certainly don't expect them to take like four or five guys at the position that they did in the, the 2022 recruiting cycle. I would venture to say they take a couple. I think they'll take like two, maybe three if it's the right guys, and I agree. I think Jair Hill is a good example of a guy who can kind of be flexible, kind of like the Ryan Barnes of this class. Could be a safety, could be a cornerback. You don't really know until you get him on campus and just figure it out and whatever the team needs at that point, but yeah, I, I kind of just like the way that they're really attacking it. I mean, they just... Get coming off the Ohio State win, winning the Big Ten championship, making it to the college football playoff, uh, its that kind of stuff really resonates with kids. And that's kind of the stuff that we've been talking about for so long with uh, Michigan's chances with a lot of the top-tier elite talent in, rec- in any recruiting class is the fact that you're going to be winning. And because these kids want to win, they want to be uh, coached up, they want to win, and they want to be able to – Uh, be developed into NFL talent. And obviously a lot of those Southern kids, like we've been talking about, end up going to the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world, because that's where they're going to guarantee get that. And they're kind of just growing up in that environment already, really tough to pull those kids out of the South. But if if they're going to be going for it, I say go all for it. And it seems like they're kind of doing that at this point with a lot of the corners in the class, like you said, numbers two, three, and four at the position in the state of Alabama alone. That's just, that's insanity. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, uh, but it, it's just the way it is, man. Um, you're going to have to go up against all these blue bloods at some point, And uh, you're, you're going to swing and miss on some, but at least you swung, right? I, I would rather them try and fail than not even try at all. Uh, so, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, did you have any other departing thoughts here before we move on to our final topic here, John?
0: Uh, nope. All set.
1: All right. Well, let's just move on here. Let's end today's show switching over to the offensive side of the ball. And we've been talking about defense too much. Let's, let's, let's give the offensive guys a little love here. We talked about this particular recruit a few times on the podcast before we've definitely talked about him in the recruiting roundups and on MasonBrew.com. So, uh, Excuse us for doing it again, but we're going to do it again. Uh, this is uh, a huge priority in Michigan's 23 class. That is four-star offensive lineman Luke Montgomery. He is a native of Finlay, Ohio, and he is also a basketball player for his high school. So he's a multi, multi-sport athlete, and he had a game over the weekend and damn near the entire a U of M coaching staff went out to support him. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was there as was Sharon Moore, Steve Klinkscale, Ron Bellamy, Mike Elston was even there. They were all in Ohio to show him some love and support, even though he didn't even play in the game because he's got some sort of injury. Uh, Bryce marriage from the Michigan insider. He had posted a video interview with Montgomery after that game. He admitted that it meant a lot to him that even though he didn't even play in the game, that all of those coaches from the Michigan coaching staff went down to see and support him, uh, especially after they just saw him the week prior because he visited Ann Arbor with all those other recruits for that big recruiting event. And honestly, when he visited Ann Arbor, he was kind of like the one guy that they rolled the red carpet out to. They took him to the hockey game. They really spent a lot of one-on-one face time with him. So, clearly making him a top priority so John I'll turn it over to you with him being a high-ranked guy he's in the top 100 he's from the Midwest he's from the state of Ohio and he's at a position that they're going to want to hit pretty hard I would venture to say Montgomery is the top of the board guy along the offensive line in this 23 class how high do you think he is on Michigan's board in this cycle just total because I think he's he, I, I would say he's at least top five, if not higher than that.
0: Yeah. I think Dante Moore is definitely the top, but Montgomery has a shot at being number two overall. I think um, it just really seems like Michigan wants to make a statement in Ohio this year and, you know, capitalize off their win over Ohio state and just kind of nab one of the top guys. And, uh, a guy that Ohio state really wants since Michigan hasn't been able to do that that often. Um, they tried to Zach Harrison got really close, but then uh, lost the game in embarrassing fashion. So it looks like they want to get back at them for that and start taking top talent from the state again. And Montgomery is a good place to start, you know, could play on either side of the ball and be a really, really effective player. Um, you know, I think he's uh, comes from Findlay, which isn't, you know, totally, in the heart of Ohio state country. So um, there are some positive factors on Michigan's side to hear. He's been to campus a gazillion times already. He has a younger brother that's, you know, going to be a top quarterback in his class. Um, I think it, it would just be an awesome recruitment for Michigan to win and really make a statement on the trail.
1: Now, every time before we start recording these podcasts, I, I always plan ahead some, some topics of conversation um, I, I type these out, I, I have them listed here in front of me kind of just a few quick hitters of, of topics of discussion to bring up here John, and, and you pretty much just read off my entire script here of what I was going to uh, <laughs> say about about my bad, no no no, <laughs> it's okay, you were just in my head for a second there, I, I was uh, getting a little worried, it's more so specifically about the uh, state of Ohio recruiting, because people talk about Michigan football recruiting, and how they've kind of neglected, quote unquote, the state of Ohio for a long time. I wouldn't say that they have neglected the state of Ohio because they have had some really good players come into the program from the state of Ohio. Obviously, Eric All is the one that sticks out to me um, in the last few cycles, at least Rod Moore being another one who really came onto the scene as a true freshman at the safety position. And I get it. It's a talent rich state. There's a ton of kids there that unfortunately end up going to Ohio state. And uh, in this 23 class, Montgomery is honestly really the only kid as of right now from the state of Ohio that Michigan's going after. And I was looking this up earlier. Michigan has offered up to this point in the 23 class, seven kids from the state of Ohio. Uh, This is at least according to 24/7 sports, four of them, are committed elsewhere already. So they really only have their shot with three other kids from the state of Ohio that they've offered. Obviously Montgomery uh, isn't the only one uh, that uh, is presumed that Ohio State's the leader here. Uh, like you kind of alluded to earlier, I-, I would say that Ohio State is is at least presumed the leader because he's a top kid in the state of Ohio. And uh, obviously we'll see how, Things go with Brennan Vernon, who is a, a four star defensive lineman committed to Notre Dame. He committed there when Elston was on staff. So that's certainly in an a wait and see mode. But regardless, um, I guess I'll just ask you this, John. I mean, do you think Michigan should end up making Ohio a bigger priority on the recruiting trail? Because honestly, I think if Michigan gave more love to kids in Ohio like they are to Montgomery, like the, the, Real, real love that they're giving to Montgomery going and visiting him for his basketball game with like half the staff. I feel like they would end up winning more of these recruiting battles because they're really just putting all of their eggs into uh, the basket of of uh, you you mentioned earlier, Zach Harrison. They pretty much went all in on him in the 2019 cycle, came up short obviously to Ohio state. So what are your thoughts on Michigan's recruiting in the state of Ohio and, and how much more focus do you think they should put on that state?
0: I actually don't think it's a big deal, you know, as much as maybe some older fans think to emphasize Ohio, mostly not even for the rivalry part, but I think kind of the dirty secret here is that they're not really producing as much talent as they used to be. Um, I For 2023, this is really early for the cycle, but there's only uh, I think seven, four stars, um, 2022, there are 13, 2021, there are nine. I mean, it's just kind of not the, the huge talent producing state that it used to be, you know, kind of in the tier below the Florida, California, Texas um, I think it's kind of fallen behind it. And I think Michigan's uh, catching up in the development. I think there's more prospects that uh, are, you know, the power five and top power five level, of kids, I think that's kind of evening out. So I don't think it's like a huge deal. Um, I think it's uh, effective. I think it, it, it's important to always recruit the state just because, you know, it's important to be a thorn in Ohio state side and kind of make them work for it and make them use more resources on kids that would you know, normally be locks. But I don't think like it's a, should needs to be like a tent pole of Michigan recruiting and they need to get, you know, like a third of their class, from the state there every year, like the old days.
1: Yeah, I certainly see that point as well. And I do agree to an extent that the talent, it's not what it used to be, especially in this recruiting cycle. There are only a handful of kids that, and rightfully so. I mean, Michigan's only going after a few of them. And like I said, the the four of them that uh, they've already offered out of the seven are already committed somewhere else. And uh, obviously we'll see with Brennan Vernon, but Yeah, I I think Michigan, it's certainly an underrated state when it comes to high school football recruiting, because there are a lot of really good kids in the state. And, you know, I I don't know if Ohio Ohio State people have the same topics uh, or at least conversations that we have when it comes to if Ohio State should recruit the state of Michigan more, because I can't really think of a ton of guys that they've gotten from the state of Michigan other than uh, a cycle or two ago, the uh, the athlete from Muskegon, uh, Martinez, I think his uh, last name was. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Cameron yeah, Martinez. Cameron it Martinez. Was, yeah, Cameron Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they snagged him late in the cycle. But other than him, I don't really recall a top player in the state of Ohio, uh, in Michigan that ended up going to Ohio State. So I don't know if they're really talking about that in, in the state of Ohio, that like how we are talking about this for uh, Michigan potentially recruiting more uh, in Ohio, but it, it's certainly a, an interesting topic. But uh, the main thing for me has always just been go recruit the best kids, no matter where they're from. I don't care if they're from Michigan, Ohio, Alaska. I, I don't even know if they play football in Alaska, but if they do they, and they've got a top ranked kid there and he's going to help your program, then yeah, go get him. I don't care where he's from. Like I said, uh, Michigan goes far and wide to recruit student athletes, so it shouldn't just be centered on one state, but I do think that if there are top kids that they want to go after who are from the state of Ohio, I think they should attack it a little bit more um, as opposed to putting all of the eggs in the basket of one guy. That's just me, though. Um, any other final thoughts from you, Johnny Boy, before we wrap up here?
0: Uh, nope, not really. Uh, just excited to see them, the whole staff out on the road. They're really going after it hard was kind of hard to keep up with all the guys they're offering and seeing. So you love to see the effort.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They have been out on the road quite a bit recruiting tons of guys. I mean, not just Montgomery, tons of other kids. I mean, commits in the 22 class they've been going out and seeing they went and uh, saw Raylan Wilson, the four-star linebacker in the 23 class. And yeah, just a, a lot of really exciting stuff going on here on the recruiting trail. There's never a shortage of, news that's for sure and we will certainly bring all of you guys the latest as they come in here on future brew that's going to wrap it up for today you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon john where are you at buddy
0: at under, or simmons underscore john
1: follow Mason brew on twitter facebook instagram Just type in Maize and Brew. You'll probably find us. Give us five-star reviews if you could, too, on all of our podcasts on the Maize and Brew SB Nation Podcast Network. We would certainly appreciate that. Go check out the YouTube channel. We're putting some of our podcasts on there as well. The Blue by 90 guys, Brewcast. We're going to be doing some other stuff there, hopefully in the near future as well. So stay tuned for that. But until then, for John Simmons, my name is Vaughn Lozon. We'll catch you guys next week and go blue.